Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I believe he's still on PUP. Uh, I, I would agree. I, I, from my understanding, Carson's, you know, he's, he's getting uh, back into the swing of things. And if you can have you have you can have Hyde, you can have Penny and Carson all on game day. It can get real. It can get real because that play action opens up, and and everything else you know becomes a monster for uh, uh, for that offense. So yeah, I, I do agree that running game has to be it has to be on point. Um, hopefully, here in the next couple of weeks, you know, you hear nothing but positive things uh, about that running back position. AFC uh, West, or excuse me, NFC West. Um, Arizona, hmm. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle. You know, I you know they lose Gurley down there at the Rams. Arizona's yep. a young and up and coming team. Is is it a battle between the 49ers and the Seahawks for that crown? I think it is a battle between the two. Um, I think it's a, a battle between. Obviously, both teams are really good, but you cannot sleep on the other two teams, man. You yes. look at Arizona with uh, they, they, with the addition of Hopkins. <laughs> And Larry Fitzgerald still out there just dominating, saying. you know. Uh, so you can't, you can't, and with the young quarterback in Murray, right? So you can't um, overlook those guys. And the Rams, yes, they lost Gurley, but Gurley didn't do much last year, and yet, you know, they still were super competitive. You know, they they still have some some weapons, but I do think it is between the Hawks and the Forty ers Obviously, the Forty ers coming off a Super Bowl run. Let's see how they bounce back. But their D-line looks amazing. Their defense looks amazing. They Honestly, their team is set up kind of how our team was set up back in 2012, 2013. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, so if they can keep that going, you know, it, it gets hard. But, again, I think if the Hawks get them another defense, uh, another pass rusher, um, you know, they, 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 they got the back end kind of sewed up with, with Jamal Adams and Griffin and some of them boys back there. Obviously, Bobby and KJ. I think if they can get that one piece, it takes that team to another level. And, and it probably puts them just right there, right underneath the 49ers a little bit. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's going to be interesting. And I still think the NFC West is the strongest uh, division in football and definitely oh, yeah. in the NFC. Oh, yeah. There's no question. Talk to me a little bit about Cliff Averill Family Foundation. Uh, you know, you do a lot of big things in the community. Most recently, you and Safeway had uh, teamed up with Odessa mm-hmm. Brown uh, Children's Clinic and uh, are making a difference uh, for food and for families in the Seattle community. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, no, uh, the Cliff Aver Family Foundation, we started that back in 2013, right right before I actually signed with the Seahawks. And we've been doing a wide range of things. You know, it's geared, it's mission is geared towards juvenile diabetes. And we've helped JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, raise over 250000 over the last few years. Uh, we've built a school in Haiti. We've built homes in Haiti, over 25 homes in Haiti. Um, but during COVID, you know, and we've got a wide range of things here in Seattle as well from health fairs and whatnot. But during COVID, you know, uh, I've, I've been partnered. I partnered up with Safeway. And, you know, I've done a lot of work with Odessa Brown Clinic as well. And we just knew that, we have to stand up again. You know, there's nobody, nobody's going to save us, but us. Right. And, and I'm talking about human beings in general. Correct. And during COVID, uh, there's a lot of people that, that were struggling, you know, don't have jobs or losing their jobs, kids out of school. And a lot of kids and a lot of families depend on the meals at school as a part of, you know, the kids eating for the day. So I, I partnered up with Safeway and we decided we wanted to give, gives uh, some, some produce and, and money to some families uh, to be able to con- continue to li- try to live as normal as possible. And, and having food is a necessity, obviously, especially for these kids. 
this COVID and, and them not being in school right now should not mean they don't, they don't eat, get to eat for the day. And I thought it was important for us to give back to those kids and those families. And again, we got to continue to do our part in, in making, trying to make this country great, but more so than anything, just trying to be there for human beings in our country to make sure that they have the best possibility of succeeding uh, in their own way. You know, right. Yeah. What 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 made you uh, start a foundation? What makes most NFL or pro athletes start a foundation? Is it giving back to the communities? It, it, what is it? Well, a lot of us come from the community, these communities. You know, a lot of us come from these communities. A lot of us understand what uh, uh, people are going through in the community. Right. A lot of us, uh, we have family members that are still in the communities. Um, so I think. It's, it's just ingrained in us because we know what, what what's going on and, and we want to give back. We want to make sure that the kids behind us have an opportunity, uh, just a little bit better opportunity than we did coming through the ranks. Um, you know, it's, it's just important for us to do that. And, and, and a lot of people look like us in those communities. So, again, there's nobody who's going to save us but us. And we got we to gotta continue to keep giving back, continue to keep giving that knowledge back to the kids so they can excel and, and continue to grow as well. You know, you make sure that uh, you stay in touch and, and let Pylon and Sticks know how we can get involved in the community and help you guys out as well. So we'll we'll be right there for oh, you. Definitely. There's no question. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, again, you know, for me, um, giving back to the community, I mean, my parents are from Haiti, you know, and, and I, I used to watch my mom, you know, she didn't make much money, but she would give her last to people in the community or and also sending money back to, back to Haiti. So it was all, it's, it's just been ingrained in me uh, because I, I, I watched my mom with nothing do it and I have a little bit, so I'm, I got I better, I better back it up too. There you go. I knew it was something deeper than that. Yeah, that's good. Good for you, man. Good for you. You know, I, in my research, uh, a couple people have told me that uh, you love basketball, man. Is that true? Yeah, I'm a big hooper. I, I mean, <laughs> I, that's, that's what I did. That's what, that was my sport. <laughs> so you, so you're a, you're a hooper before football then? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't start. I didn't start playing football until high school. Well, talk, you know, tell so me. I was a big best. Connect the dots. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't start playing football till tenth grade, and I was. I was just a big hooper. You know, I went. I went into high school at six foot tall. You know, so I just thought I was gonna keep growing. And the only reason I started playing football, honestly, was because all my friends were. St- they were all playing uh, football while you know I was just sitting around shooting hoops. So, like, hey, let's try this thing out. And, you know, tenth grade, I was just on the team, uh, literally. Uh, you know, right in the bench, and then I found, I found out, I figured the game out and started playing. But basketball was my first love, man. It, I, I had some scholarship offers to play hoops, but it, they weren't big enough schools, so I went to the big school, uh, obviously Purdue, and, and and played ball. But yeah, basketball first love for sure. You mentioned hoops, uh, shooting hoops down there at uh, the VMAC down at the Seahawk facility. Was there yeah. ever any one-on-one games, or is it just uh, shooting free throws or long-distance throws? What was it? It's more shooting free throws type thing, or maybe three-pointers, but no one-on-ones. He wasn't trying to get anybody to roll their ankle or nothing like that. It was <laughs> it was pure shots. <laughs> right, right. Hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs right now. Um, NBA mm-hmm. crowns on the line. Who you, who you think is going to uh, come out uh, the champion this year for 2020? Oh man, I don't I don't see how anybody can go against LeBron James. I mean, there's a lot of great players in the playoffs right now. You talk about James Harden and the and, and the Rockets, you talk about, you know, some some of these other you talk about Giannis and, and all those guys. 
But LeBron James at year 17 just looks amazing. You know what I mean? He just – and he's not even trying to score. He's passing the ball left and right. You know, he just I think he just got the, the all-time – or not all-time uh, – maybe the all-time assist in the playoffs or something like that. I mean, he's been dominating, man. So, and, I, and honestly, I'm a big fan of LeBron. I've been watching him since I was – I mean, we're about the same age. So, I've known about him for a while. And, you know, just seeing him dominate in, in the manner that he is, he hasn't, he hasn't slowed down at 17, you know, and, and I think him and, and AD are going to do some special things. But I will say the NBA has been, um, you know, the mo- this has been the most comp- competitive and entertaining season uh, the last two years, I would say a few years, uh, for the NBA. But, yeah, to answer your question, I'm going with LeBron and the Lakers. There you go. Yeah, the Lakers, Bucks, Clippers – you know, it's going to be exciting going down uh, going down the stretcher for these guys. And, I mean, you know, LeBron James, man, who comes out of high school? Well, Kobe did it. Uh, LeBron's done it. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Uh, but, I mean, mm-hmm. how, I mean, 17 years in the league and still playing at a high level like this. And I don't know if he's ever I'm had real. any major injuries. You know, I don't think so. No, no. I mean, I think, what was it? Uh, last year was his first time actually being hurt, I think, with the groin or whatever, right? That was his first time in 16 years, right? Yeah. So it's, it's unreal. I mean, and you talk about high school. Uh, and I think what's most impressive, obviously, being a professional athlete, but watching somebody at the age of, you know, he was on the cover of Sports uh, Illustrated as a 15-year-old. So he's been on top of the mountain, you know, since he was 15. But the way he's carried himself, throughout the years, I think is more impressive than anything. Cause it's easily to have, it's easily, uh, you know, it's hard. It's, it's easy to go down the wrong path. Yes. Um, you know, when you get so much notoriety at the age of 14, 15 years old, you know, it, it's nothing for you to take the wrong turn and, and become a husband or what could have been story and him to be able to do it for so long. So consistent, um, keeping his name out of, you know, all the, all the craziness that people end up finding them, themselves in. And being so productive, it's awesome to watch. You uh, you think uh, LeBron James has uh, any um, political aspirations in the future? Can you see that? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I do appreciate him stepping up and, and speaking his, his mind yes. on a lot of these things that are going on. You know, because I, I do see him with his platform and, and, and taking advantage of it. You know, but... That that political world is a whole different beast, man. That's a whole different beast. You go from being worshipped by thirty thousand people in in a, in, a, in a stadium to you start going to these things, man. You might it's just a different ball game, and I don't know if he's ready for it. Um, I I believe he'll continue to make change in his in in the way he feels like he should make it, and uh, and not necessarily go the political route. Former Seattle Seahawks and Super Bowl champion Cliff Averill. Hey, brother, I appreciate you joining Pylon and Sticks today, man. It's been it's been an honor and it's been fun. Man, I appreciate it. Anytime you need me, you know I got you. Uh, amazing stuff that you're doing. I appreciate you having me. Take care, my man. Take care of that family and uh, let me know how I can get involved uh, with your foundation. All right, Pylon and Sticks will have your back. There's no question. Cliff Averill. I you can follow it. him on Twitter, at Cliff Averill. That'll do it for another show on Pylon and Sticks. I'm Tony Softly. Make sure you're checking us out on Twitter, at Pylon and Sticks, and also Instagram, Pylon and Sticks. Until next time, stay healthy, stay safe.